Relying on someone who doesn't know you or your situation to give you specific financial advice is just plain dumb. That's why everything said on this show is just helpful information. If you want specifics, give us a call. All opinions expressed here are ours. GenWealth Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. This week on the Get Ready for the Future show, it's all about moms. It's Mother's Day weekend, in case you needed a reminder, and this show features four mothers, three from the GenWealth team, and one who is a best-selling author and speaker. They're with us to share their maternal money wisdom this is the get ready for the future show welcome aboard to another edition of the get ready for the future show all across the state of arkansas we are glad to have you with us once again settle in for the next hour it's going to be a great show today we're talking about moms it's mother's day weekend hint hint in case you forgot that and it's easy to do i might add i'm going to start with a very unpopular position i'm going to petition that we move mother's day from may to some other month why, and, and why, why would that? we do that? Well, it has something to do with the season of life I'm in. But I have a graduating senior in yep. May. Mm-hmm. I have two daughters turning 16 <laughs> next week, who, by the way, are in the middle of the state soccer tournament. And Woo-hoo. you throw Mother's Day on top of that, and I can't handle it. I can't handle it. I don't have enough time. It's it's too much. So let me just make a recommendation. You can have Inman Household Mother's Day. That's and true. And just, just pick when it is. Yeah. And as long as your lovely bride Nicole knows that you've moved the <laughs> yes, date, yes. you know you can yes, actually you don't want to surprise her. Yeah, you can surprise her. her with when it is at whenever you can do it. Yeah. But just let her know, hey, it's not this Sunday. Love and you. And you might want <laughs> you know? to let her know that you're moving it before Sunday, so it doesn't look like you've just forgotten. Right, and you want to get right. away with it. Yeah. That might be a yeah. way to work that you can out. Do that. That's why we've got y'all here today. That's I mean, <laughs> motherly we're just wisdom. Offering yes. wisdom we're just throwing it out there. How about I introduce everybody? My name is Scott Inman, Stephanie Smith. Good morning. morning. To you and Teresa Arago to my right in John morning. Shrewsbury's chair and Janet Walker to her right. We've kicked John sort of off the show yeah. this week. I say sort of. He's going to join us in the next segment as we have a special interview, but we're going to say he's in the penalty box this week. I, yeah, Scott, I, I think, you know, as the as the host of our show, you probably got your feelings hurt a little bit on, on his uh, Star Trek versus Star Wars he deal. And so, Yeah, he did too. So we said, look, look, dude, you're in timeout. You can come back for a fourth of the show, and then next week he can come back. Yeah. We had a great show last week. If you didn't uh, have a chance to listen to our show that aired on May the 4th, Be With You, it's all about Star Wars, and John was not the biggest, is not the biggest Star Wars fan. He's a Star Trek guy. They call him Trekkies, right? So we believe it's because of the decade that he grew up in as opposed to the decade that we all grew up in. But it was all about Star Wars and the money lessons that you can learn uh, from Star Wars. If you didn't get a chance to hear that, go back and check it out on iTunes. And also... Speaking of things that you can find uh, out on the internet, we filmed some Mother's Day vignettes in the Gen Wealth Recording Studio that we've been releasing throughout the week on our social media pages. You can go back and check those out as well. And we basically invited members of our team to come in and, and share what financial wisdom they gleaned from their mothers growing up. And that's kind of the genesis of this show. The theme of this show is we're going to talk about uh, maternal money wisdom. Now, all of you are moms and have mm-hmm. shared some maternal money wisdom with your children, but I've got an idea that it probably came from somewhere, which may have been your mom. You you got some, and I don't know if you wanted to share <laughs> Teresa. all of your yeah. maternal money wisdom with your kids, but yeah. it's pretty good stuff. There, there's some bits of advice that I got from my mom that I have not passed on to my children, and if you watch my video, um, you'll learn one of those little bits was that my mom told me when I was a teenager and started dating, I asked her, you know, what's your advice for me, mom, in the dating world? And she said, well, marry, marry rich. Oh, and okay. I said, okay, okay mom, <laughs> no offense, but we're talking about dating, first of all. And how in the world can I control that? I can't control who I fall in love with, to which her response was, well, you know, if you only date people who are rich, you're bound to fall for one of them. And I th- <laughs> but, you know, that's that's perfect for my mom. When I asked her for advice, it was always something ridiculous like that. But when it came to the real example of her life, there were a lot of things that I did get to learn from her. So yeah. It is interesting you say that. I just had a, a discussion with my six, almost 16-year-old daughter just the other night, and she was saying, just out of the blue, we're driving down the road, and she said, Dad, I'm going to have a hard time not piling up debt when I get older. And I'm like, oh, wait a second. Whoa. Wait a second. Why do you say that? She said, because life's expensive. And I said, well, that that's true. That There's no question about it. As somebody who's raised four kids, I understand that. 
but you have to basically get an education and desire more income for yourself so that you can pay for that life, right? right? Mm-hmm. And she said, or or marry a doctor. There you go. See, <laughs> so it is in there. So it's in the back of your brain, it. right? I said, well, that'll work too, but I wouldn't count on that. Yeah. And she might want to know that doctor typically comes with a lot of that debt she's <laughs> yeah, trying to avoid. Yes, yeah, so. that's, that's great true. Point. That's, that's true. a great point. Well, moms, we know give great advice, and they take seriously the job of turning us into. Uh, we'll say respectable humans. Janet, your mom uh, was. Uh, what was one of your favorite financial lessons that she shared with you? For me, it's. This is not going to be a shocker to anybody who's been listening to us on the on the show for very long. It's a focus on education, and I, I know that doesn't sound like financial advice, but uh, this is something that her mom. Uh, my mom was a teacher. My mom's mom was a teacher. Even my great grandmother. So four generations of teachers, and so my grandmother taught not only my mom but also all of her female students that listen you need to get an education so that you don't have to be financially dependent upon a male because that cute young thing that you think is all that today may not be at some point and and mom went into you know he might leave you for somebody who's younger and hotter and he might get sick he might die he might you know goes through the whole list and you need to be able to take care of yourself financially and and for other us, for mom and for myself, that actually played out. Um, Dad had lots of health trouble when he got uh, in. He wasn't even ready to retire yet and started having significant health trouble and had to stop working. And so mom's ability to earn income made a difference. Her mom had a similar experience, not because of my grandfather's health, but because uh, of what he did. It was a a dying uh, career, basically. He was doing something that involved electricity at a time when electricity was then being brought to everybody's home, and he was doing it for people who didn't have it yet in their Mm -hmm. home. And so when that came to an end, you know, then, okay, what do you do with a, a career that's basically over and my grandmother again as a teacher she had a set salary and so she was able to provide for the family and then for me uh, my husband uh, had a lot of health issues we've talked about on the show several times and and when he was unable to work anymore then we got to a point where my income covered that for our family and so it wasn't uh, by any means planned for any of the three generations but it's something that that has come to fruition for all of us to just know that you know what if the Things go in an unplanned direction, we can still take care of the family. Yeah, and I think it's important to point out, as I hear you tell those stories, that we've seen those types of stories come into this office as well, yeah. as far as uh, the book, the good and the bad yes, of that, whether yes. it was health, yeah. whether it was a death, whether it was divorce, whatever, that, that, mm-hmm. that women, uh, their financial independence matters uh, for their financial future. Well, we're going to talk about, we've got 10, I think. Isn't that the number? I yes. Think that's what we've got. 10 influential money lessons from mom. That's coming up a little bit later in the broadcast, but I do want to start telling you about what's coming up next. We have a great interview on the other side of the break. Earlier this week, we were able to sit down with uh, motivational speaker and best-selling author Rachel Cruz. Now, if you don't know who Rachel is, the first thing we should tell you is that she's the daughter of Dave, right? And you know Dave Ramsey. So she came from that line of thinking. But I think it's interesting. If you read much about her, she didn't really ad- want to adhere to that early it, on not, in her not lifestyle. Not exactly. Yeah. yeah. So she has uh, definitely come around now and has joined uh, her dad's organization as a speaker and author. And she's she's really kind of an authority on the subject of financial discipline. That, that's really where her wheelhouse is. I, I just watched a video of her just uh uh, before we started the broadcast today, or the recording of the broadcast today, and uh, she was talking about whether you should buy generic versus name brand items. So right. just cost-saving uh, measures and financial discipline and how that uh, goes along hand-in-hand. Hand. One of the books she's written was co-authored with her dad, and uh, that's, a, that's a definitely a good read, too. But we're going to talk to her a little bit about some of the things that she does on a daily basis with regard to that financial discipline. But also, we're going to ask her, hey, we know the money lessons you got from dad, What about money lessons Rachel got from mom? That's one of the questions we're going to ask her. So stay tuned for that interview with Rachel Cruz on the other side of the break on Mother's Day weekend sharing maternal money wisdom. Have a financial question? One answers? Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, your location, and your question. And we'll answer your question on the air.
Life can be so busy, it's hard to even picture retirement. That's why you need somebody you can trust who will paint that picture and help turn dreams into reality. Plan, personalize, and protect your future with the team at GenWealth. Call 877-341-7355 to schedule an appointment. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. Our old friend, volatility. Back in the headlines this week, the S&P 500 dropping more than 3% this week alone. And John, it was pretty much due to the trade war talk that has resurfaced and it all started with a tweet from President Trump over the last weekend. Yeah, we knew that China and trade was a a, a trigger for market volatility. We were just waiting on when it was going to happen. And Scott, what we've seen is that the market has gone up on positive news Mm -hmm. of progress in the trade talks. And now that we're getting the indication from the president that things aren't so good as far as these talks are concerned, we're seeing the market react in the opposite direction. So we're going to talk today on the fastest four minutes in investing about a little bit of perspective when it comes to these pullbacks. We, we've talked a little bit about what we think the trigger is, and that's trade talk. But it really is actually quite unusual, John, for the S&P 500 to make it as far as we have without there being a pretty significant pullback. In fact, the S&P 500 has only made it through the first five months of the year without at least a 2.5% pullback one time, and that was in 1995. So this is expected, regardless of what the trigger may or may not be, it is expected for the S&P 500 to decline significantly in the first five months of the year. Absolutely. January through May, there is usually a pullback of about 8.5%. We haven't seen that so far this year. This year, stocks haven't even come close to that. So the largest S&P pullback this year has been a one-day slide of 2.48%. So all we're saying to you at this point is, get ready. We said it was coming. It is now here. Volatility is in play. Now, Scott, what this doesn't do is it doesn't change our forecast about where we think the S&P is going to be at the end of the year. This too shall pass, I think, with this dust up between Trump and the Chinese about trade. The reason it will pass is we need their money. They need us to buy their junk. You know, that's That's really what it boils down to. And at some point in time, this dust up will actually, uh, we'll get over it and things will move on. And we still are looking at a strong return on the S&P for 2019. It always returns to what we preach here on a weekly basis, and that is long-term thinking versus short-term thinking. And And these types of moments in the S&P 500 can cause you to do the wrong thing at the wrong time for the wrong reason, and that is sell some of your investments. And that's not a a situation you want to be in right now. Scott, that is why we preach all the time the number one thing that you've got to do if you are a retirement-oriented investor is you've got to have a plan. Because we know that volatility is going to crop up from time to time. We know that that markets are going to to go over the cliff sometime. And and at some point in time, the whole bull market is going to come to an end and we're going to head head into a recession. We don't think that this dust-up on trade is going to trip us over into a recession. That's why we are more long-term positive about this. But when volatility does strike, the plan acts like almost a, a very nice, comfortable blanket that you can wrap around you and say, okay, when my head was clear, this was the plan. And the fact that things have changed a little bit really doesn't change my plan. You go back to that plan. You go back to understanding the long-term nature of stocks. And really, you shouldn't have any money invested in the market that is that can't stay there for longer than five or six or seven years. Uh, and, and in most cases here at GenWealth, it's over 10 years that we're looking at, at equity money. So you should always keep perspective on this and understand that volatility is simply a part of investing these days, more so now than it has been in the last year or so. It's why we say your retirement should be more than just investments. Investments are impor- important parts of it, but it's the strategy involved in the plan that makes the difference. That's it for the Fastest Four. The Get Ready for the Future show continues next. 
Like what you hear? The Get Ready for the Future show is always just a click away. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website, GetReadyForTheFuture.com. We'll be right back. Your mama don't dance and your daddy don't rock and roll. From the studios of the Gen Wealth Radio Network, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Celebrating Mother's Day weekend with maternal money wisdom shared all throughout today's Get Ready for the Future show. Glad to have you with us, and we are glad to have Rachel Cruz on the line with us, a best-selling author and speaker, the daughter of Dave Ramsey. Some of her publications include Love Your Life, Not Theirs, and The Contentment Journal. Good morning and happy Mother's Day, Rachel. Yes, well, thank you. Thank you guys for having me on. We are glad to have you along to talk about some uh, motherly wisdom that you have for your kids that you may have received in your life. We we talk about, uh, we'll start, we'll jump off here with parenting, just in general. You know, we, we've talked a lot about in this show about the, the money lessons shared, but sometimes that doesn't come that easily. You know, parenting's a rough job. It's hard. It, you're, you're spending your life just, uh, just getting through the day sometimes. And to be intentional about sharing money advice or money wisdom with your kids is hard. Why do you think that's such a struggle? When I talk to a lot of parents, you know, a lot of people fall into the statistic that 78% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. And so there's a lot of parents out there that are like, well, we're in credit card debt. We have car loans. We're still paying off our student loans. Like we're living paycheck to paycheck. Who are we to teach our kids about money? Like we're barely getting by ourselves Like, I I don't have the capacity to do it. And so I always encourage them, though, that you are their parents, whether you've done it really well or whether you've done a horrible job. No one's perfect. But either way, you are responsible in teaching your kids how to handle money. If the school can come alongside you, if the church can come alongside you, other parts of their lives come alongside you to help them, that's great. But it is your responsibility. And you have the biggest influence. I mean, they are with you day in and day out. And I do encourage parents to that. When you talk to your kids about money, it does not have to be like a a money budget summit every summer and you spend two weeks diving into mutual funds for your six-year-old. Like It doesn't have to be like that. The best lessons that they are going to learn is the day in and the day out, the ebb and flow in life and how money interacts with your life. And it's the small lessons at the grocery store or the gas station or you're paying a bill. That's what makes an impact. Rachel, what are some of the best ways to break down the walls of communication uh, around money? I know uh, I've raised two kids and and communication, especially with teenagers, gets to be really difficult. How do you get through that and really connect with them about the issue of money? Sure. Well, I think a, a large part of them learning about money is them handling money themselves. So especially when you're talking about teenagers, let them handle their money. Open up a checking account. My parents did this with us, and it was brilliant, but they took the amount of money they would normally spend on us throughout the month, whether it's school fees, you know, if we were asked for money for clothes, whatever that amount was, and they said, okay, here's a set amount of money. Here's a checking account. We're going to put that amount of money in the first of every month, and you are in charge of handling that money. And if you run out and you need more money, guess what? you get a job, (laughs) you go earn (laughs) some money and make some. And yes, you are their parents. So you are watching them. You are walking with them, holding their hand at the beginning and showing them how it works. But you're allowing them to interact with money and understanding the mistakes. Let them fail. I bounced three checks the second month I ever had my account. So (laughs) let them fail. Let them make mistakes. But walk with them because they are going to learn so many lessons. And the great thing about that is, They're learning small, inexpensive lessons under your roof and your protection versus the first time they're ever handling their own money. They're 18 years old and they're out on their own and they can make large, expensive mistakes at that point. And so letting them understand how it works. And I I would tell parents too, don't be afraid to talk about your mistakes, right? No one is perfect in any area of life, including money. We have all made mistakes and talk to your kids about that. Don't be fearful. And you make it age appropriate, of course, but especially when they're teenagers, you know, have those blunt conversations and talk about when you screwed up and you signed up for a credit card when you went to college and how you look back and regret that. And, you know, talk about that kind of thing, because I think kids and especially teenagers, they appreciate the vulnerability and they appreciate the openness. 
Rachel, let's talk for a moment to the moms out there who are the natural spenders in in their marriage. Uh, You are a self-declared spender as well. So let's talk about why do we do that sometimes when we really know that we shouldn't? Sure. Well, naturally, people are either spenders or savers. So it's just kind of part of your DNA and who you are. Some people, they kind of like more of the security and they like having the money and they naturally just tend to save. Where others, it's like, hey, it's going to be fine. I'm going to just spend and enjoy some of my life. So I do tend to lean yeah, more in that camp naturally. But I think you have to learn whether you're a spender or a saver. You have to have both in your life. And if you're married, the beautiful thing about marriage is that opposites attract. And so usually your spouse is going to be the opposite of you and so we laugh all the time that you know my husband he's the one that lets me actually like live life because you know he's the one that like enjoys saving and is motivated to save and I'm like okay good I'm not going to go broke because I'm married to Winston for (laughs) sure right and like that's good but I laugh and I'm like but I give him a life and I let him enjoy things and I show him that so you definitely need a balance of both because you can't be one extreme or the other so mom's out there that think that they can just go spend and it doesn't matter. It does matter. It affects. You have to be accountable. And that's why I love a budget. You're spending on purpose. And so if you have a set amount of money for the kids each month, which my husband and I do, we have two little girls and they each have, each girl has a line item in our budget. So I have a certain amount of money for each one that I know, okay, if I have to go get them new shoes or if I want to sign them up for a sports class or whatever it is, it's there and it's budgeted. So the spending is controlled and it's intentional and you're not doing it in an unhealthy way that's just so spontaneous because that's when people end up making huge mistakes. I'm glad you brought up the kids because obviously I've got four children. So obviously some of that spending is on yourself when you're, when you're dealing with that part of it. And then some of it is deciding whether you're going to deny your kids something that you feel like maybe they, they want. And that, how is it? It's very hard to overcome that spending. How do you, how do you do that? You mentioned the budget. Are there any other tips you'd have? Sure. I think no is a complete sentence. (laughs) 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 And kids do that. They need to learn that there's, there's something in all of us parents that we want to give our kids a better life than we had. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a typical saying. I think the heart and the motivation of that is good. But when you give, 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 give your kids everything and they don't hear no, they don't hear boundaries. What are they growing up with when it comes to money? They're growing up with the idea that there is no boundaries. There is no limits. And then those are the ones that I'm fearful of, that debt becomes a part of their life very, very quickly, and it's hard for them to say no to themselves. So it's good for them to learn boundaries and to understand the relationship between that, that, or understand that money is not evil, but yet stuff is never going to fulfill you. And so the materialistic portion of our culture, it's rampant. I mean, it's everywhere, but I always say, it's okay to have nice stuff. Just don't let your nice stuff have you. And it has you when you go into debt for it. And it has you when your identity is wrapped up in it. And so modeling that for your kids and setting that example is going to speak volumes. But telling your kids no, they're going to be okay. They'll be in counseling for other things in life. <laughs> <Just prepare. laughs> Our guest on the Get Ready for the Future show is Rachel Cruz from Ramsey Solutions. And Rachel, let's broaden our discussion out a little bit. We focused on the kids a little bit. But if there's one thing that really haunts American families, it is money problems. Now, let's talk a little bit about how those challenges can really uh, play havoc in a marriage and how you can uh, potentially overcome some of that. Yes, it's a it's a huge problem. Money fights and money problems is one of the leading causes of divorce in America today. So it's tearing families apart. And so I always encourage couples, you have got to be on the same page. You have got to be a, and do a budget together. You have to know where your money's going. You need goals for the future and you're going to be opposite, right? So like, you're not going to be the exact same clone, the cutout of each other. No, you're going to be different, but that's okay. You need to embrace your differences, but you both have to grow up and say, you know what, this is an issue and this is a problem for us and so we have to face this together how can we do this journey together and getting both of you on board is so important I mean, we could do a whole show on money and marriage there's so much there uh but man even something as simple as budgeting together because when you can agree on where your money's going you agree on more than just money you're agreeing on your goals in life you're agreeing on your dreams and your fears and having that unity within marriage is only going to trickle down 
for the betterment of your family and your kids. So getting on the same page is so crucial. Rachel, with this being Mother's Day weekend, everybody probably on the planet almost knows who your dad is, but your your mom takes very much a, a back seat as far as being visible in, in everything that the rest of the family is doing. So we all know what your dad's financial advice is because he gives it to the entire world. Um, but what about your mom? What are some things that maybe your mom uh, instilled in you in terms of financial advice growing up? Yeah, I would say a lot of people don't realize it, but dad is actually the spender of their marriage. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and my mom's the same. And so, yeah, my mom, I, I always say, I always learned how to shop, whether it was groceries, clothes, whatever it was, from her, because she still to this day buys majority of stuff on sale. Like she shops sales. And I'm not kidding. Something as simple as that for me now as a mom with kids' stuff, uh, toys, like learning how to navigate a consignment sale, I'm a master <laughs> at because of my mom. And so those kind of practical tips, it just helps in the day-to-day when you're doing mom life. Like you guys mentioned earlier, you get so bogged down with the tactical of getting up, getting the kids ready, getting breakfast, getting them dressed, getting them off the door, they come home, doing homework, or cooking dinner, giving baths, you're going to bed. I mean, you get so bogged down, but it's those little life lessons and mom's are, are brilliant at that. When you're with your kids, those small, small life lessons. And my mom did that. Gosh, I mean, it feels like every day, every day she did something like that. Well, I love that your uh, position of advice is coming so much from experience. And, and you do this every day as part of uh, your career as well. I do want to, as we kind of wrap things up and we've got a minute and a half left in our segment, talk to us a little bit about what it is you're doing. What is your schedule? Where do you speak? And how can people find out more about you, about your books, Uh, Give us a little avenue to that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm traveling and speaking. I go to Dallas next week, so I'm kind of all over the place. Uh, So you can find all of that at rachelcruz.com. I do a show uh, every other week on YouTube and Facebook, and I also have a podcast that comes out every other week. Sometimes I'll drop an episode in weekly as well. And yeah, books and everything is where Amazon or wherever books are sold or rachelcruz.com. And I'm on all social media, so you can follow me there. I keep track of, of everything I'm doing there as well. Well, if you ever make it into central Arkansas, we've got a studio set right here that has yes, a, has an extra so chair, nice. and we would love to have you join us for an entire Get Ready for the Future show. I would love that. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for having me, and, and happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there and families out there. Just being intentional. It's always my advice. Just do it on purpose. Teach your kids how to handle money and do it on purpose. Rachel Cruz, our guest today on the Get Ready for the Future show on this special Mother's Day edition. Thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me. Your retirement should be more, more than just investments, more about you, and more Get Ready for the Future show. Stay tuned for more. If you aren't following us on social media, you're missing out. Check out behind-the-scenes photos, money tips, and informational videos. Just search for Gen Wealth on Facebook or follow us at Gen Wealth FA on Twitter. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. It's all about moms on this Mother's Day weekend. We have three of them in the studio with us, all members of the Gen Wealth team, as we talk about maternal money wisdom on the Get Ready for the Future show today. I do want to tell you about at Gen Wealth Financial Advisors, we believe that your retirement should be more, more than just investments. We build plans, retirement income plans for our clients. We believe education is the focus of what we do, a strategy uh, involved in your investments when it comes to how you're going to provide income for yourself in retirement. And we are team delivered. We have uh, advisors all across the state of Arkansas, offices in Bryant, West Little Rock, Hot Springs, El Dorado, and Northwest Louisiana. Would you like to walk through the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process? If you're five to 10 years out from retirement, it is time to start thinking about that plan, how you're going to turn your accumulated assets into a distribution of income for yourself in retirement and not run out of money before you run out of time. You can reach out to us two different ways. You can pick up the phone and dial 501-653-7355. Again, it's 501 501- 653-7355. That'll get you in touch with our main office here in Bryant, but you'll be matched with an advisor that is near you. 
Or you can also email us, info at getreadyforthefuture.com, and we will get back with you. Anna Olive is our client introductory specialist, and she'll have a phone conversation with you and set up that first complimentary appointment with a Gen Wealth advisor near you. So back to our money wisdoms from mom. Ten influential money lessons from mom. We're going to dive into five of them in this segment as we celebrate Mother's Day tomorrow. Number one on our list, borrow only as a last resort. Spend what you make, right, Stephanie? I mean, your, your parents made an impact on on you with this lesson. Well, you know, I know going to college these days isn't easy to do, but my parents were like, well, let's see what scholarships, things you can get first, Stephanie. And pretty much I, I did get full tuition paid for, but, um, you know, they encouraged me to not borrow that money, not to right. get that student loan. And so I was fortunate enough to work at a Christian bookstore while I was in college and you pretty much pay for my car insurance, pay for anything that needed to be fixed on my car, mm-hmm. all of my books and, and incidentals along the way. And yeah, it was tough at times. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, there yeah. were times I could not be a part of an organization that seemed like would be fun or something. But looking back now, I realize how when I got out of college, I was ready to get on with my life. I didn't have that debt hanging over me Huge. and trying to pay something like that back. You so. kind of did one of those Dave Ramsey moves of live like no one else so that later you can live like no one else <laughs> because your your college peers were later paying back student loan debt and probably credit card debt as yeah. well, and you were not. It's like no one else now, but you know it used to not be that way. I was just That's thinking right. as she was That's sharing right. that story, how old were you when you got your first credit card? Oh, gosh, I was in my 20s. Me too, yeah. Um, yeah. It was, yeah. It was later. And, yeah, I would say I was earlier. in college, but I didn't use it. Yeah. Not because I didn't, I don't know. I, you know, everybody told me, oh, you need one. You need to start mm-hmm. building your credit now that you're in college. And they were giving out free t-shirts, you know, who yeah. doesn't want a free t-shirt? But so my I, parents I, were I, probably in their forties. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, I mean, yeah. yeah, it's changed. My, uh, my grandmother gave me her Exxon card when we, when you had, you know, Exxon had its own little yeah. credit, credit yeah. system, uh-huh. right? But you could only uh-huh. use it Exxon. And she said she wanted to let me have one tank of gas a month in college. Now, you know, I wasn't going a lot, so that really yeah. made a difference. Yeah. I probably mm-hmm. only put it, filled it up three times maybe at the most. But I remember she said, use it once per month. That's the way she described it to me. So I learned the kind of snacks that were at Exxon. Because <laughs> <laughs> in addition to topping off the I fuel tank, yes. I was going to get a few yeah. snacks in there to make it last. Yeah. You know? It looks like you had expensive gas where yeah. you were. <laughs> That's exactly right. I don't, and she did catch on to me, but she never said anything. She said she was okay with it. But yeah, I mean, that's and that wasn't borrowing because my grandmother was paying it off at the end of the month. But I mean, it's a great point. You know, borrowing only as a last resort and starting that early early in life makes a huge difference. You know, there are going to be things that you probably are going to have to borrow. One thing in particular, I mean, most of us are not going to have $200,000 around to buy a house in cash, but everything else, save it until you're able to have enough to buy it outright. That's a great lesson that I think my parents uh, taught me as well. Number two on our list, this is Teresa's, spend less than you make. Yes, we talked a little bit hand in hand with the borrowing. Yeah, we talked a little bit about those circumstances you don't expect to find yourself in. And I found myself as a single mom for a few years. And I realized that it was extremely important at that point for me to make sure I was staying inside my budget. And so I, I was really diligent to watch for that. And I think that that was huge in the success of my family during that time. Right. I think a lot of women struggle with how to make ends meet. And some of them, you know, that's not realistic. But for me, I could. I was blessed to have a job that had enough. But I also had to be careful to make sure I spent less than I made. And it gave me a little margin so that I didn't have to borrow or use a credit card on things that otherwise I might have. And, you know, I would say that that's not necessarily a challenge that is only for people who don't have a whole lot of income. That's frankly, true. you know, yeah. people people get very comfortable with, oh, it's just a little bit that I'm putting on the credit card. It's just a little bit. It's no big deal. And people consistently spend more than what they make. Or they anticipate something that they're going to pay that credit card off with and then it doesn't come through. Right. And once they start that cycle, it tends to be the little things that catch up to you. It's right. the stopping daily for something, you know, at the gas station, getting those snacks, those <laughs> sorts of things um, that add up over time. Well, the other part of that, too, is is I think about this in terms of when your income goes up over time. You know, this is a great lesson to have when you're younger and you don't make a lot of money to, to mm-hmm. be able to implement as you get raises. Because right. that's where people get into trouble is every time they get an increase to income, they increase their lifestyle. You're yes. right. And you're that right. is something that if you, if you start saving 
saving everything you get additionally through life, you're going to be better off from our perspective seeing the cases that come in as you get ready for retirement for sure. Teresa gets number three as well. (laughs) Save for a rainy day. Well, this is one of the good lessons that my mom taught me that was a legitimate lesson. Um, When I was between college and marriage, I lived with her for a little while just so that I wouldn't have to get an apartment and try to pay it by myself. And she charged me rent because her rule was if you did not, if you weren't in school and you were living at home, you paid rent. So I paid rent. And during that year, um, you know, she did not let me out of it. There was once that I really needed that money for something else and she did not let me out of it. And I thought she was the meanest person ever. But when we got married, all of that money, she gave it back to me as a savings account. And so that gave us an emergency fund Mm -hmm. that I realized was critical for our family's success in college, you know, cause my husband was still in college. So it allowed us some margin to be able to get through the school year and then we could replenish it during the summer. It was phenomenal for us to have that. My daughter thought I was horrible at 10 years old. I started with the conversation. Look, first of all, you're too smart not to go to college, but mm-hmm. if something happens, and you're not in school and you're living in the house, you're going to be paying rent. Yeah, and, you right, know, and I'm right. like, I started it at 10. I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought, yeah. okay, you're going to know this from early <laughs> on that this is the rule. This is how it goes. Yeah. So, Well, since we had Rachel Cruz on the show earlier in the broadcast, we'll quote Dave Ramsey on this because I love what he says with regards to the emergency fund. Having an emergency fund turns a catastrophe into an inconvenience. That's yes. right. And that's a great way to look at it because everything else you're trying to do, whether it's managing cash flow, whether it's saving for retirement, is going to be disrupted when the unexpected happens, which is a guarantee in yes. life. I don't know anybody that's lived decades of life without an unexpected right. expense coming up. And when that happens, if you don't have a means to pay for that, then it's going to disrupt everything else you're trying to do and trying to accomplish. No question about that. All right. Boy, this is like the Teresa show. I know. It is, I, it they is. just all worked in a, in a row. The yeah. next one is graduating. Okay. Um, you know, my mom always said, take any opportunity you can to learn. She was in her late thirties when she graduated college because just life happened. She didn't do the right things in high school to earn a scholarship, couldn't afford to go join the military, got injured and had an opportunity to go back. So if she could do it in her late thirties with a learning disability and and get her dream job, you can too. And and this one really goes along with what my mom passed along, even from my Mm -hmm. grandmother of get an education so that you can provide for your family. uh, If, if the time comes that it's all on you. So let's talk about that difference in being able to provide for your family. So the average high school graduate earned a median $730 per week in 2018 compared with for college graduates $1,198 and for people with doctorate degrees $1,825. So mm-hmm. uh, while initially you may have some student loans to pay off if you weren't able to do that independently, still that education long term, and by the way, we would encourage you, as Stephanie was saying earlier, you know, let's do it without student loans if at all possible. Mm-hmm. But but long term, that higher level of education should pay for it self immeasurably. And let's not discount trade jobs too. There are right. a lot of trade jobs. Yes. Maybe college isn't for you. That's okay. Do something to educate yourself. That's right. And, and you know, my story is a great example of that too. I have a Spanish degree. It's what I thought I wanted to do. It's not where God wanted me to be. Thank goodness. It's not where I need to be. <laughs> I don't necessarily love teenagers in a crowd, but, um, <laughs> but at the same time, be, I was you've been good at my house. You would not be good at my house. Teenagers no, I love them when we're having fun. Crowd. Yes. I love them when we're having fun. It's when I have to get them to focus. Uh. It's not a good situation, but I will say I was open to the idea of learning bookkeeping when the opportunity presented itself. And I was open to the idea of taking a job at a place named Gen Wealth part-time when I became a single mom and wanted a little extra income that turned into where I found my passion, which is working as an advisor and helping people meet their goals. If I'd never been willing to learn bookkeeping, if I'd have said, well, I have a Spanish degree, that's all I could do and not be open to learning something new, I wouldn't be where I am now. And I'm so thankful that, you know, my mom instilled that in me. When you get an opportunity to learn a new skill, you just do it. We have less than two minutes left until we have to take a break. So I want to hold uh, number five until the other side of the break. But I did want to ask you guys a question as you were talking about graduate and get the education. I, I think to my experience growing up, my, my mother and father, neither one of them have a college education, but it was assumed that I would go mm-hmm. to college and yeah. get an education. But as a male, I'm, I'm deferring to you on this question. Do you feel like that happens 
for the girls because of the girls in my home, my two daughters, it's, it's expected that they go to college and get an education, but I don't know if it is across I, the board. Well, I think it may vary. You know, obviously I came from a family of educators. My grandmother got a college education when females didn't do that period. It just didn't happen. Uh, but she did. And so I come from a family where that was just the expectation and it didn't matter male or female, you were going to do that. In fact, my brother actually does not have a college degree. He, he went to college and, uh, his, first semester majored in partying and then uh, <laughs> mom and dad said come on home boy and then he had a fabulous career in the military and and that was what he needed and so I, I think I would I think it's important to understand who you are which mm-hmm. I know is difficult at 18 I yeah. get it yeah. I've got a 16 year old at the house it's it's a challenge but you've got to know what's right for you and I think our society is lying to uh, to our children when we say everybody needs a college education yes. not everybody does You've got to know what's right for you. No. It's a special Mother's Day edition of the Get Ready for the Future show talking maternal money wisdom. Lessons from mom as we have three moms here on the uh, in the studio with us as we record the show. We'll be back with our final segment of the Get Ready for the Future show next. No one can steer me right but mama. Stay in touch with the Get Ready for the Future show during the week. Search Facebook for Gen Wealth Financial Advisors or follow us on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA. More straight talk about money after this break. Hey, look, mom. More straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money coming at you. We're back with the Get Ready for the Future show. I mentioned last segment that part of the Gen Wealth difference is we are education driven. We are always offering free Gen Wealth Academy workshops all over the central Arkansas area. Some, most of them in Little Rock, sometimes in Conway, Hot Springs, North Little Rock. If you'd like to check out where the upcoming Gen Wealth Academy workshop is near you, go to our website, getreadyforthefuture.com. And uh, you can sign up there for free. They are always free to attend, and they are always education-driven. Well, we are talking this Mother's Day week in a special Moms edition with three of our Gen Wealth moms around the table today. And we're mentioning the influential money lessons that mom taught them. Ten of them, in fact. We started that list in the last segment. We talked about borrowing only as a last resort. Spend less than you make. Save for a rainy day and graduate. Stephanie's up next with number five on our list, splurge after a job well done. You know, everything has been about financial discipline up until this point, but you've got to give yourself a little reward every now and then, right? You do, yeah. um, but you have to put the work in. I that's mean, right. that's, and then fortunately, that's the part people want to skip over and get to <laughs> yeah. the fun. I mean, oh, who yeah. doesn't? But, um, you know, I, I've told this story before, but my husband and I decided to go through the Dave Ramsey baby steps. So we, had our emergency fund, we paid off our credit card debt, and then I think the step number three is um, save three to six months expenses. And, you know, we were just starting a family, bought a new home, and we were kind of like stuck. Well, you know, we're not sure how we're going to do this right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, life happens. And it right. was a, a week after Mother's Day in 2011, and my mom passed away unexpectedly. And my grandmother had passed away four months earlier, that mm. January. So, it, it was a tough year that year. And um, my mom had really been grieving for my grandmother and not ha- handled a lot of my mom, my grandmother's business. Mm. So, you know, it was two estates that we ended up handling that year. Mm. And it took about a year and a half, honestly, to go through ho- two homes, two households, um, all of the paperwork, the le- legal stuff. Um, it, it wasn't easy. And um, but we did it. And so after that year and a half, you know, we did the typical thing. And, yeah, we went to Disney World and (laughs) splurged and had a great time and decided that it had been such a year and a half. I think four months later, we went on Disney Cruise. But, you know, I mean, but the good thing was is because we had going back to the Dave Ramsey plan, we had gone through that. The first thing we did was put back that three to six months money. And no, that was not the way we would have wanted to have reached that goal. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, no, I wished it would have been attained a different way, but that was God's intention for that time. So mm-hmm. we decided to be disciplined and put that money back. And then once we got through and settled the estate, we had some extra and we splurged. So, well, let me tell you my uh, approach to splurging. I'm going to, I'm going to coin a new phrase here because I love to be spontaneous 
with my with my experiences in life. Maybe it's Disney World. That's a big spontaneous. But eating out, whatever it is, I like to right. just wake up and go, this is what I want to do today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've told my kids for a few years now, we plan our spontaneity. Plan yes. spontaneity. That's, that doesn't make any sense, right? <laughs> I understand. It because you want to be able to just whimsically go through life and spend money. You can't do that. You've got to plan for that. You've got to have True. the emergency fund. You've got to have a budget. And within that budget, you can be spontaneous, right? As long as you're not going over the budget. If you want to go to Disney World, plan it. I know it seems kind of counter counterintuitive, but we do our spontaneity from a planned perspective in the Inman household. Okay, up to number six, and we're over to Janet for practice gratitude and giving. We talked about splurging on ourselves, but let's think of others as well. So growing up, my mom, uh, she sewed just about everything that I wore for a long time, including my prom dress and, wait for it, my wedding dress. Um, so there were lots of things that I had that were, that were handmade. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think I knew what a tag was in an article of clothing for a long, long time. Um, but when I outgrew those things, I didn't have a younger sister, so they had to go somewhere. And I remember there was, uh, there was a family who lived not too far from us on a farm and this young lady was living with her grandparents. And you can imagine if that's the situation, then there's not a lot of resources. You know, and whatever led up to that situation wasn't good. And so we would take my hand-me-down clothes that I was tired of looking at and that were homemade in the first place and take them over to this family. And I remember very clearly on multiple occasions, this little girl just literally wringing her hands together with excitement to oh. get my worn out clothes. Mm. And, you know, that'll mm. change your mindset. It's mm. stuff that yeah. you're getting rid of and don't really want to see anymore and might not have been very great for in the first place but somebody else is terribly excited about it and it'll it'll change your mindset about a lot of things frankly mm-hmm. number seven on our list stock up smartly and Teresa can talk about this I can talk about this when it comes to shopping smartly that's what oh, we're yeah. talking about lots of kids bargain pricing <laughs> is key you know I'll share the mom in my household is is my wife Nicole and she never pays full price for anything. Uh, and, yeah, and, and the kids he, are going to go to the, yeah. The kid, when we go to the grocery store, the kids are getting what's on sale. Yeah. There, there's no question about it. We do. Well, and you got to learn which brands you need the brand and which brands you can go with the store brand on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've developed a very specific uh, plan for that. And boy, if my husband goes to the store, he knows get the great value on this, but don't get it on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when, you, when you've got as many kids as we do, um, Scott's got four, I've got five. Um, but it's also, uh, I use Sam's sometimes sure. because if I bought my cereal at Walmart or Kroger, I would run out in a, a couple of days. Yeah. And one s- box is a meal. Yes. Yeah. And it's not yeah. a huge savings a lot of times, but if it's something that I care about the brand name on, I can save by getting it at Sam's as long as I've got the storage space to hold it. Mm-hmm. Number eight on our list is stay cool. Now uh, that we're going to, that's going to require a little bit of explanation, but you know, mm-hmm. I, I could share on one story that I told you my, my daughter's are turning 16 uh, later this week and I've been car shopping. And, and I've learned over time, patience is key to making a purchase. And mm, it has like certainly that. come in handy as I get phone calls every day and emails every day from car yeah. dealers that I've, that I've uh, reached out to about pricing and, and mm-hmm. researching the cars. But I think that's kind of the point here from, you know, money can make us emotional, but mom knows it's never smart to make a knee jerk decision. My mom always said, sleep on it. When you want to make yeah. a decision, sleep on it. Because if you do, your perspective might change. I can tell one time I, uh, I wanted a new car or I needed a new car. Mine was wrecked and I went to the place and my mom of all people encouraged me to get a canary yellow Jeep Wrangler. <laughs> and wow, okay. she knew that I love Jeep Wranglers and she's like, this is your one chance. You never know if you're going to get the chance to do this again. So she's encouraging me to take on this huge debt. <laughs> and I get home that night and I have this major panic attack Yep. because all I can think is this was a very impractical car for me. And I'm usually a very practical person. And so I had to go through the whole process of going back the next day and saying, just kidding, I don't want your car, Um, which was a a good learning experience for me. Um, But I will say if I had just slept on it, I never would have made that decision to begin with. So that's what, you know, if she'd actually encouraged me to do what she always told me to do and sleep on it, I think that would have been great. 
Number nine, Janet, plays into both stock up smartly and stay cool. Never pay full price. Yeah, so I I guess I was instilling this in my daughter without even realizing it when we would go shopping for clothing because I did not pick up my mom's sewing abilities. So we buy (laughs) all of our kids' clothing. So when we would go shopping for clothing, I just go to the clearance rack because if it fits, we're wearing it because it's Mm -hmm. half the price of what you know somebody else paid for it and they're still wearing it so we can wear it for half price. It's great, you know? And so anyway, before uh, she was able to read, but before she was tall enough to see the sign on top of the rack that actually said clearance, she would just go to the back of the store. And and Stephen and I, my husband, we just started laughing one day. We're like, she's over there at the clearance rack. And she goes, oh, I didn't know this was clearance. I just came to the back because mom always came to the back of the store. Yeah, so she she laughs about that now. She's 12. She'll be 13 next month. But she finds great pleasure in the the challenge of bargain hunting. You know, mm-hmm. she, she just looks at it as a game. I'm not about to fa- pay full price. And it's not even her money yet. So I'm really glad she likes thinking that way. <laughs> okay. I was about that. Even if it is their money, it's amazing That's how right. much those bargains don't seem too bad when it's throwing money as well. We've been sharing 10 influential money lessons from mom on today's Get Ready for the Future show, and we are up to our final one, and this one is investment related. Open an IRA and fund it. That's a money lesson from mom that both Steffi and I can speak to. My mother told me this when I was 20 years old, uh, and I was uh, barely you know, old enough to even have enough earned income to make this contribution to an IRA, but she was wise enough to tell me, put some money into, at that time, a traditional IRA. Now, there wasn't a Roth yet. We were still a few years away from that coming around, but she was wise enough to tell me and understand from her own experience that retirement was coming and you need to put some money back for your retirement. And and those that that money that I put in there was a very small amount and it has grown let's tenfold. Now I'm not saying that that's going to happen for you. There's no guarantees about investment performance, but that's what's happened is just putting that money in at 20 years old and now in my 40s and never even looking at it again can make a huge difference. And that compound interest adds yeah. up. So that is definitely uh where we'll top off our show today. we got about a minute left, but any others that you guys want to add to the list of 10? I was going to tell you on this opening an IRA, you know, I've told you guys about my niece, KK. She uh, was in my home during her teenage years and she heard me ranting and raving about all these things. I wish I'd known about money when I was younger as right. I learned things here at GenWealth and that has had an impact. So one of the things I always say is parents, your kids are watching. Yes. Whether you think they are or not, they're watching and they're mm. learning from you. You know, my son thinks we're poor because I just won't go to third realm every weekend, but he is learning through me to be diligent how he spends his dollars or he's learning the opposite depending on what I'm doing. So just, you know, use that and understand that you need to be a good steward for that. If nothing else, I would say just continue to talk about money. I I remember Mm -hmm. pulling out my debit card to pay for something. And Bethany was about three at the three or four at the time. And she said, mom, we don't use credit cards. She looked at the debit card and thought I was not using cash. So it must be a credit card, you know, and, and we had the conversations, but for her to be aware that young, that credit cards are not a good decision. It's just because we had talked about things all the time. Good show today. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed this. It was a little bit of a departure from what we normally do, and we let John watch Star Trek this week, so he wasn't on. <laughs> if you'd like to reach out to a GenWealth Financial Advisor, you can always do that. 501-653-7355 or email us at info at getreadyforthefuture.com. We're out of time for this week's show. We'll join you again next week. The GenWealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 844-869-PLAN. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of GenWealth Financial Advisors and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIP. See you.